Hey, everybody. Welcome to 321 No Kidding. I am Bobby the Awesome. And I am here for Fearless Day 10, the Fearless Challenge. And today's prompt is why do I do what I do? And I'm not sure that I can explain it as easy as a sentence. So I'm going to try to explain it to you a different way. Have you ever been stuck at a red light or got off a exit and, or even walking down a street and get asked for money or cigarettes or food by people that are around? Have you ever had anybody tell you or have you ever experienced someone shooting themselves in front of you? Have you ever experienced cleaning up the blood after your mother has shot someone in order to protect their, their child? Have you ever been molested or raped with a foreign object? Have you ever had your own mother have your sibling pee on you or shave your head as punishment? Have you ever been so distraught that you cry yourself to sleep and wake up every night with ter night terrors of past abuse and trauma and incidents? Have you ever been ran over by a fucking Jeep and had many bones broken and body parts all tore up and suffer through many surgeries and be scarred for life? Have you ever cut yourself so deeply that you bleed or that you're hiding your body? Have you ever talked to someone and then find out two days later on Facebook that they're no longer there? They're dead. Have you ever had a holiday week where Someone commits suicide and you find the body. These, these things that I'm talking about, I've heard the stories. They've happened to people I know. Did you ever wonder why that guy or woman or whoever that's on the street asking for money or the people living in the tents um, around cities and on sidewalks. Did you ever wonder what happened to them? What, what put them there? I didn't used to wonder about all this stuff. I didn't like knowing about all this stuff. I didn't know about all this stuff. People are always... Um, talking about how much I travel 
and get around. And and the more places I go, the more I see, the more people I meet, the more I learn. And I hear about these kinds of things. I know women, you know, the, the girl next door that have, has gone to prison for years for embezzling money or stealing money um, from, from patients in another case, like 30 years old in jail. People that have had to sell their body for food because their parents aren't available. Have you ever been abandoned by a parent where they don't call, write, acknowledge your existence? Do you have running water? Have you ever tried to live without running water? There's a lot of things, a lot of things that are broken. So when I think about why, why I do what I do, why I'm trying to spread the word I'm trying to spread, it's because of these stories. It's because of these incidents. It's because of these crimes. It's because of the amount of people that are dying, that are sick, that need help. And we're just not doing a good enough job. We're not taking care of them. I don't know how many people have died from gambling. I don't think anybody does. The death I was referring to you know, where I talked to someone, you know, two days before Super Bowl and then the day after they're dead. His death wasn't classified as gambling addiction, but I'll tell you what, it was because of gambling addiction. The suicide in between holidays, it wasn't because of the heroin. It was because of the AIDS and the love story and all the other things that went with it that came out of the addiction. Things aren't as simple as I think we'd like to think they are. There's nothing simple about it. These traumas, and I'm giving you graphic ones and just the ones that are like rolling off my tongue that I can think about right now. They're products of addiction, but the addiction is products of the trauma and the trauma in a lot of cases is products of past addiction or, or whatever the reasons are. Here's what I know. I know that even if I drove past every person or gave every single person that ever asked me for a dollar or something even if I give them every single person and there's been a lot that have asked and there's been a lot that haven't asked that are just there, it wouldn't make a difference. It just wouldn't make a difference. Maybe for that day, maybe for that meal, but a dollar is not going to change anybody's life. Five dollars isn't going to change anybody's life. We have to do more. We have to want to do more. We have to take the rose-colored glasses off. We have to put our listening ears on. We have to watch. 
we have to, we have to stand up for all these people that are suffering. And I know that the world is, I remember very young, there was two reasons that I intentionally never wanted kids. One, because I didn't want them growing up in the world the way that it looked even 20 years ago. We won't even talk about what it looks like now. And the other reason was because I said, I always, I didn't want to have a kid until I could do better than my parents did with me. And maybe in the last couple of years, now that I'm not drinking or gambling, I potentially could have done that. Um, but I still don't, I still don't know, right? Parents do the best they can with what they know. The more guests that are on the show, the more people I talk to, the more experiences I live, the more I realize is that everybody has been impacted by addiction in some way, maybe directly, maybe indirectly. You may not even know. You may, you may, you may not even know. People have, have shared with me um, things about past lives and God and religion and the books I read and the classes I take. And this information is telling me that these causes didn't even necessarily happen in this lifetime, if that's what you believe, right? And they may not be as gruesome as some of the scenarios I described. The mass shootings, the, the, oh my God, there's just so much crazy stuff. There's just so much crazy stuff. I want to change it. I want to figure out how to change it. And I want to bring people aware that, you know, gambling and drinking, they're embedded in our society. They're acceptable. It's actually, luckily, there's a there's a movement now where people are starting to talk about it. The pandemic did a lot for mental wellness, but we're so far away. We're so freaking far away. And I've shared before, I, I read the the book Conversations with God, I still have to read it again and more because it's every time I hear a premise that I really want to think about more or whatever, my brain goes away. And but one of the one of the big takeaways I have, um, whether it's true or not, there's some logic, but the the concept of we all ask, you know, like, why is there hunger in the world? you know, why is there homelessness? And oh, by the way, I try to not use that language. Um, Guy Waltman, who was on the show very early on, kind of taught me um, to not use that language. It's it's people who without homes is better Um, instead of making it like a adjective. um, It's just kind of a fact. They don't have a home. Like, Like make it about the person, not about their status. The book taught me or got me thinking that 
and and this comes from the universe premise too, right? That we create everything based on our language and our thoughts and and all of that. And let me just say that I'm not saying this based on one book or one guest. The themes amongst whatever I study or who I talk to are so similar that I just can't believe they're not true. Um, everything from, you know, emotions being stuck in our body or traumas going back centuries or whatever. Um, and I'm not preaching to tell you to believe what I believe. I'm just saying that we can do better. And in this book, it talks about how we have the power to cure hunger or to end war or to do the things. And I believe that I do. I don't think we can do it on our own. Like giving a dollar to that person without a home is not going to change the world. But if we unite and we figure it out, and I'm very fortunate to not be afraid to talk to people, (laughs) meet new ones, um, jump in communities. I don't know if I'm liked or disliked or any of that. And that's really not the important part. The important part is being heard. You don't have to agree with me. Just think about it. Just walk away with the thoughts that something can be different. Get your, you know, get impacted. Listen, um, I'm, I'm sounding bossy today and I'm not trying to. It's just that as I reflect upon all these incidents and things that I mentioned earlier, I know that they're addiction related and I know there's a better way. It's going to be different for different people, but I do know that every single human being deserves to have human rights. I talked to a lady this week about traffic, human trafficking and human rights. And she said, It was 20 years old when it was the first time she learned she has human rights. Everybody has fucking human rights. So why don't we treat everybody that way? Why do we let the evil and the hatred and the devastation and the poverty, why do we let all of that exist? Here's what I know. If you don't know that it's possible, it can't be achieved. If you don't know it's worth it, you're not going to, you're worth it. You're not going to fight for it. You're not going to believe that. So you have no reason to fight. And if you grow up in environments where, whether it's you're being deliberately told or it's implied or life has just treated you like you're not worth it, you're going to believe it. So I need to tell you differently. I need to tell you that if you're struggling with addiction, I don't want to say it's not your fault, but I do want to say it's not your fault. I don't think anybody wakes up and says, I want to be a gambling addict. I want to be an alcoholic. Actually, the reason I think that I never became... Uh, a drug addict was because I had so many drug addicts around. And I remember deliberately thinking I didn't want to be an alcoholic 
because there was so much drinking around. But I think that's what landed me as a gambleholic or a problem gambler, whatever term you want to use. Um, because I still needed to escape, escape from the things that I knew or saw or went through my, my stuff, you know, and, uh, another guest and I were talking this week, I guess I've had a very powerful week between the challenge and the guests that I've had on and, and, and you haven't even met half of them yet, but we were talking about Maslow's hierarchy of needs and, and the top of the pyramid being self-actualization. And I think I've gotten there and, and, and it's funny because I think I could be there even without, I don't have my own freaking address right now. I don't have my own freaking vehicle right now. I don't have things, right? And they're like lower level. However, I know that knowing that I'm worth it and that I deserve it and that I'm capable, right? As long as I keep working, I'm capable working at it, working at spreading the message, working at figuring it out to, to, to get to where we need to go, to get it, a treatment available to everybody, to get solutions offered to everybody, whether they're uh, what worked for me or what worked for you. As long as I believe all that's possible and I'm working on it, there's, there's hope. And I guess that's really my why. To let you know it can be done. You're worth it being done. The world needs to be a better place for the next generations, this generation. How many, how many women, like we just wrote this book and we, we geared it towards women. And I hadn't thought of this either until a conversation this week. You know, women um, have their kids, they go off to college. You know, there's a lot of life changes for women and, and men too, right? The whole... Um, bullshit thing about midlife crisis and all of that. What is that about? It's about not being fulfilled. And this is, this is what I mean, where I guess I'm shaking up the pyramid a little is, um, I don't have the things, but I'm fulfilled anyway. Um, yeah, I, I don't have to worry about a roof over my head or food on the table. I have people and I know there's good people out there that would never let me starve or or go without. Um, but I don't know that every person knows there's those people for them. I think there's a lot of people trying. There's a lot of nonprofits. There's a lot of recovery advocates. Um, I think not everybody's going to see the world the way I see the world. And that's okay too. But I see it through this lens of travel of experience of podcast guests of educating myself of living it of of having people in my life that went through those horrible tragic devastating instances that I was just telling you about so i remember i remember thinking well i became a gambleholic I became a problem drinker. I've experienced, you know, a yucky breakup. I've experienced uh, dating married guys. I've ex 
experienced way more death and loss than I even care to talk about. Um, but I've experienced all these things. And I remember thinking, it's so we can help. It's so I can help other people. It's so I can relate. It's so that they can understand. Now I will tell you, I have not been full of love and compassion for many, many, many years. Not for other people, not for myself. And I think that's why I couldn't do it for other people because I couldn't do it for myself. And now that I've discovered the value of grace, love, and compassion and heard that voice from that book about how anything is possible combined with, you know, coaches like Grant and um, people who are really just impacting the world, showing us that anything's impossible like Elon Musk, for example, all the things that come up with him, even the freaking phone, right? Like the phone, like me talking to you right now, video. I still can't grasp all that. I don't understand how the science works, but I know it's possible because it's happening. And um, that's how I feel about recovery and addiction. Like it's possible to get to the other side of the shit because I got to the other side of the shit and there's so many other people that have gotten to the other side of the shit. And I just hope, I just hope that we can get more people to the other side of the shit. And it's gonna be a process. And that's my why. Because it is possible. Because the empty nesters are going through things. Because the generational uh, inflicted addicts are going through things because we go through things. And what's even sadder is that, uh, this might sound political, but I guess this is about being fearlessly honest and, and vulnerable and stuff. But it feels sometimes like it just shouldn't have to be this way. Um, that there's things broken, broken in the system, broken in access. Um, you know, I... I've had to learn some things since I haven't had a regular job in the easy, you know, steady paycheck and this and the other thing, or I'm in the process of um, having a little disagreement with the IRS and I'm college educated. I can self teach off of things off the computer, like watch a video and learn. Some things take longer than others. I know what my brain likes and doesn't like. It does not like like computer programming. It does not like comprehensive literature and music and poetry interpretation. Like there's just things that I don't get, but I could get. But when it comes to trying to have a conversation to debate something like the IRS, um, these things are not designed for easy. It's like, it's just not easy. And I know I'm talking to everybody around the world, not just in the U S but, um, I don't, I don't really know how to navigate government. Right. I don't believe that I am going to get the vision done, um, through learning government and politics and all of that. I'm going to be myself. And if I am handpicked for all the experiences I have and all the things that I've seen and all the people that I know, if I was handpicked to be given those experiences and that knowledge and that intel, then I'm handpicked to be me 
and to not have to worry about the politics and stuff, which is crazy. It's crazy scary, by the way, to think of it. Um, and then to believe it, especially on the days that it's hard. And I, and I walk into a room full of, you know, millionaires that look like they have it all figured out. And I'm like, fuck, I'm just as smart as them. Why haven't I figured it out yet? Cause I'm still on the journey. I guess, I guess I'm supposed to go slow enough to be able to have this conversation with you tonight. And hopefully it's as meaningful for you as it is for me, because I really, if every time you saw someone asking you for a dollar at a red light, you thought about what would that dollar do? What can you do? What could you do together? How about that? Could you imagine if there was a way to have a solution that not only took care of some of this stuff and raised awareness, but got the guy who needed the dollar trained and clothed and 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 fed and dressed and gave him all the resources to be successful so that it could cycle forward in success instead of deteriorate and go backwards. Like, why do we have to make it harder on people? I, I don't understand. Uh, now, I'm not perfect at this, guys. Not perfect at all. But I can tell you, in rehab, when I was getting out of rehab, I was of the school of, what the fuck? You just ain't working hard enough. Um, or if if someone went back to the thing, I was so judgmental. Well, if I can do it, why can't you do it? I actually got into a fight with the counselors um, about jobs. It's like, well, what do you mean? Like, just get a job. But some people just don't have the resources whatever that is, mental resources, physical resources, just they don't have the resources. And I didn't understand that before. But I can tell you that by having some understanding about that and having love and grace and compassion for them anyway, and oh, here's another secret, expecting the best. Instead of me expecting people to relapse or to die or to whatever, um, to not fulfill whatever the thing is, the obligation by expecting the best out of them and not making the assumptions and thinking the worst, maybe that alone is enough to help change the world. Maybe seeing them, maybe participating and not standing on the sidelines, maybe not being a victim and just bitching about everything. Maybe all these things will work. Maybe they won't. But I won't know. So I'm going to just keep on fucking trying. So that's my why. When I say make the world a better place, I'll legit mean make the world a better place. The streets, people, the economy. Could you imagine? We don't have enough workers. Well, why don't we have enough workers? Well, because... Because they're high, because they're at the casinos, because they're what? What do we do? We just keep making it easier and easier. We make we make sure that they can gamble online. We make sure they can get alcohol at most convenience stores in every fucking corner and deliver it to their home. 
Why? Why are we destroying ourselves? Why are we not going the other way? So even if that's my purpose to ask those questions, I'll be okay with that. I'm going to keep trying, guys. I hope you join me in trying because we can do this and we can do this together. So, all right, beautiful people. That was a bit heavy, even for me. Um, I think we got this though. I really do. And I'm not going to quit. I have many more years ahead of me to figure this out. I have my listening ears and my eyes and, um, I'm here to accept the help that I need to make all this stuff possible. And thank you to everybody who's been along, along the way that have confided these things to me, shared them, trusted me. And thank you to everyone that's out there helping, helping raise the world up. The coaches that I've had, the people that, um, are entering these fields, you know, the, the, the therapists, the counselors, the coaches, the, the people starting websites and podcasts and the people just doing the things. Thank you. Thank you. I see you and I appreciate you. All right, beautiful people. I'm out of here. I love you. And I will talk to you soon.